track B. I'm trying to record. Oh. Okay, so. Okay. This is information I needed to know. So I'm trying to record. Sorry, I'm all the way over here. <laughs> I'm trying to record this, but it seems like if I send. If I press this button. So if I'm pressing that button, nothing is recording for some reason. But if I press this button, then it does record. Well, that's rude. That's rude. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a backup system for this. I'm just... You may or may not have noticed, but last week there was no Hard Rock Lunchbox uh, replay. Simply because it just didn't record. And I don't... I keep having like this... like. So many problems, just not things, just not working, and I and I guess because there's 52 Hard Rock Lunch box I boxes for the year, like statistically, one in 50 or two in 50 or even five in 50 is really not all that bad. It's only like 10. percent um, They're right. No, five in 50 is not 10. percent Is it? No. I'm having such a tough time today. <laughs> five in 50 would be 10 out of 100. Yeah, 10 percent. Yeah, all right. And this math minute has been brought to you by the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a time. It's just getting more and more difficult to do this job, like, or not even to do this job. The job hasn't changed. The job is super simple, but like, but getting it to to work properly is just it's really causing me a whole lot of stress. Now I got to figure out. So I have a backup recording that's oh going on over there, and you're just gonna have to trust me on that. Uh, but it requires me to turn off the thingy over here. Um, you're going to have to trust me on that, too. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Hard Rock Lunchbox, everybody. Right. Um, I will address the 25th in, an, in a minute. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, like, the only reason, like, I haven't made the announcement is because I just haven't made the announcement. I've, I'm trying, like, in typical me fashion, I'm trying to do something, like, kind of grand, and do it that way, and then what's going to happen, and also recently typical me fashion, is I'm just going to run out of time, and then I'm going to do it like not grand, and everyone's just going to be annoyed for a couple of weeks because I haven't said anything about it. So I'm just, I was trying to put some things in, in place and like write down my thoughts, but I realize even as I'm just saying those words, like I, my ability to just write down my thoughts has been a, a key component to my getting stuff done and my general sanity over the past two decades because that's how I, I seem to function the best. And the simple fact that I'm not able to do that any longer because I'm out of time uh, on pretty much everything that I do, I just I don't get those things done so I don't get that therapeutic value. Like you might think that two hours a week on the Hard Rock Lunchbox and like weekly therapy sessions and all the other things I do would be enough, but they're not. They're they're really not. Like I have a lot of stuff that always seems to be happening and I have a lot of thoughts to process and a lot of things to, to understand about you know things and that's how I do things I like consider them I know that sounds unusual these days when why I can just take to Twitter and just start talking about things that I you know think I'm right about like and despite all the times that I do hop up on a social media plat- platform and discuss things, it's not like it's not my first move. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not something I just I don't start yelling it on on Twitter. Like it's not my it's not my thing. But um, apologize for the yawn. Yeah, I uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's welcome to the Hard Rock Lunchbox. 
And, of course, welcome to the Top 20. There was, however, a Top 20 last week. Uh, I did manage to salvage that because the video is recording, because the video is actually right in front of me, so I can see when that's not working. The audio recording is a floor and a room away from me, so I don't normally see that except for now. Because I have a backup. I don't know why I keep checking it, like it's just going to shut off, but it's like that wouldn't be the first time that happened either. So, anyway. Um... Elon does not own Twitter yet, and we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, let's just do some light house cappings, house cappings, housekeeping. So yes, there was definitely a uh, top twenty on Strangerhood TV this morning. There was actually a bonus uh, top twenty. I don't know if you guys got to see it. I know I did not. I actually posted the video of my discussion of Senator Mallory McMurray, <coughs> McMurray, McMorrow, McMorrow, from. Um, Yes, McMurray is actually my new my new hurricane. <clears throat> we have two new hurricanes, by the way, in case you're dying to have a hurricane update. Oh, by the way, the hurricane won their second round with Long Island Cup. They're heading into the third round, which is the semifinals for our bracket, so that's going to be kind of cool. That'll be in a couple weeks. I'll try and keep you posted on more hor- hurricane stuff, but we did pick up two new players, uh, and that's pretty exciting and pretty cool. But, yes, there was uh, that, that uh, top 20. Um, so that that's good. Check that out. It's the regular top 20. And then this whole sort of breakdown I did of, of the senator from Michigan's speech about uh, hate and, and grooming and all that other stuff. I thought it was pretty interesting, so I decided it was worth putting out uh, as a top 20 special report. So feel free to check that out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think that stuff like that is worth doing. And basically, I broke it down. If you remember last week, I broke it down just like I would break down a song, like why things are important, why stuff matters, blah, blah, blah. So feel free to check that out while you're over on Strangerhood TV. Feel free to check out Bacon is My Podcast. It is still the month of April, so they are doubling your bacon, whether you like that or not. They have full interviews with the bands Stud Count and Old Currents, or rather Jake from Old Currents. Uh, And now they have two seven questions, which I guess is 14 questions. They have Stack Like Pancakes and Felicity Fueled. So check that out. They also have a new Tasting is My Bacon. Or tastings, my pet. I don't even remember. But the tasting they did with rivals, they did. Uh, they went to go see hang with rivals in Brooklyn, Queens, somewhere, one of those places. And so they have a tasting with them. I think that's what that is. Uh, I have not checked it out yet, but uh, please feel free to check it out. Rebel Nine has some shows coming up, as uh, mentioned in the chat. We are playing on June 25th. I may or may not get to that later today. Uh, we're again playing in July at some point. Uh, a couple shows in July. Uh, but I will get you more information as we get closer to that. So that's it for housekeeping. I did want to talk about <clears throat> some of the Elon Musk stuff, not necessarily Twitter, because I don't, I don't care so much. I actually don't, I don't give a shit really that he, you know, if he's buying Twitter or bought Twitter or whatever. Um, I just, I am, and this is very typically me. I am fascinated by the people's reactions to this, uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But just before I got here. Uh, that's here. I'm checking again. I don't have OCD, but I feel like I'm getting it just for this show. So I want to make sure that it's recording just in case. Yes, a couple of shows in July. Surprise! Um, but they will not be affected at all by the events on June 25th, which are going to be a one-time-only special night kind of thing. Anyway. So right before I got here, I got this little blurb. I, I have... I'm on... I'm on a couple of mailing lists. I'm not on a lot. I'm not, I'm, I'm not on a lot. But I am on a couple that deliver decent news in a timely fashion so that I can be 
so that I can decide what I want to look into more. And so I did not get a chance to look into this more, but this is very interesting. So this just came in, breaking news, Thursday, April 28th, 2022, 11.40 a.m. Eastern. It says Eastern Standard Time, but that's not it, right? We're in Eastern Daylight Time now. That's true. All right, cool. Um... Breaking news, the FDA announced a plan to ban sales of menthol-flavored cigarettes, a measure many experts say could save hundreds of thousands of lives. The proposed ban is expected to have the deepest impact impact on black smokers, nearly 85% of whom use menthol cigarettes, compared with a rate of 29% among white smokers, according to a government survey. There is so much in there that I have to just try and wrap my head around. I have not smoked in years, like years, but I smoked for a very long time. Like the dipshit that I am, I started smoking at about around 11 years old because I wanted to be cool like the older kids. Um, I will tell you, uh, that did not work. I did not become cooler because I smoked. I became cooler because I became cooler. Uh, in fact, I, if there was one major regret in my upbringing, it would definitely be the fact that I wish I had never smoked. It, it was it was so dumb. It was so stupid. And as much as I enjoyed it for a very long time, just it was like of, of the dumb things that I've done, like that's got to be like really, really high up there. And I guess if any good has come out of it at all, it's because, like, my kids don't smoke, and they're not going to smoke because I will make fun of them, like, mercilessly. And if you think I'm a dick on the box, man, whew, try having me as your dad. Um, but, yeah, so this is interesting to me because, again, I'm kind of out of the smoking loop. Uh, the closest I get to being in the loop on smoking is the fact that... Uh, my drummer smokes, and like my clothes constantly smell like smoke, and I friggin' hate it. It is just so gross, and I don't like it at all. But it is what it is, and so technically, I guess I do still smoke. So yay me! But I didn't realize that there was that much of a thing um, from menthol cigarettes. I didn't realize that was that big of a deal. Like I know, because I I I smoked I smoked Marlboro Medium was my cigarette. My cancer stick of choice was the Marble Medium, right? But I really liked Parliaments, and I really liked uh, Newports. And I would smoke those on occasion. And I didn't even realize till like, kind of college, that those were, quote-unquote, black people's cigarettes. Like, I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, cool, this one's minty-flavored. And the Parliament was cool because it had that recessed filter to date. I still don't know why that is. On occasion, I would dabble in Camel. I liked Camel cigarettes. Um, I honestly think I was swayed completely by uh, the, f- the advertising because Joe Camel was just cool as F. He also looked like a big giant penis, and I thought that was funny, and I don't know that that means that I was smoking a penis or wanted to smoke a penis, but that's neither here nor there, and it's in the past, and we don't need to dig that kind of stuff up here for the box. But <clears throat> I think... I think what is striking me about this, and then I'll move on to uh, Elon Musk. I think what is striking me about this is that they are banning menthol-flavored cigarettes. A measure many experts say could save hundreds of thousands of lives. And my first thought is, do you know what else could save hundreds of thousands of lives? 
I don't know who here in my in the sound of my voice within the sound of my voice remembers things called Venn diagrams in in school. It's usually a mathematical principle. Uh, for those of you at home, <clears throat> let me school you a little bit on Venn diagrams. If you were to take a circle, one circle, and since I'm on video, I can show you. I have a circle. Actually, I could probably draw it. This is something we never do on the box. We never we never do this. We're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw. So, so if you took a circle and then took another circle, right? I'm going to do A and B. So I'm going to put this here. You can see that. But you guys can't see that. Trust me. But like, if you wanted to do, if you wanted to do this, draw two circles that do not touch, that do not intersect, label one A, label one B, right? That's a Venn diagram for all intents and purposes, right? So, so A could be uh, all dogs. And B could be all cats. So, um, one other thing you can do with Venn diagrams is you can intersect them. And then you can have the intersection like this, A and B, right? And where A and B meet, those things are things that people have in common. So, you could say that A is people that eat bacon. And B is people that eat eggs, and the middle, where they intersect, is people that eat bacon and eggs. Right? That makes sense? You can also do one other thing. Uh, I think it's called an in something bankment? No, I, I forget. But it's where you have a circle like this right here, where you have a big circle A and a little circle B inside. And what that basically tells you is that A could be trying to think of a good example here without giving the whole thing away. So I'm, I'm actually I'm not going to. So so if A, if you look at it again, if A is people that smoke and B is people that smoke menthols, you can say that everybody in group B isn't also in group A, right? Because if you smoke menthols, you also smoke cigarettes, right? So here's what I'm thinking. If the argument here from the FDA is it's a measure that many experts could save hundreds of thousands of lives. That's basically trying to save everybody in group B. But if you just saved everybody in group A, you would also save everybody in group B. So if you're going to ban something about smoking to keep a group safe, you could just ban smoking. (laughs) I, this is not, this is not advanced math. Oh, and I see the chat is very upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, chat. I did not mean to. I did not mean to bore you with my stuff. I just didn't think of a better. I haven't thought it through yet. This is what I'm talking about. If I don't get a chance to think things through, then I have to do it here on your dime, and that's not cool. So, anyway, that's like my, my little Venn diagram about smoking. Thank you. You now have an eighth grade math. So here's what I wanted to talk about. And I don't even know that I have a point to make. It's just something I want to talk about. Besides the fact that I'm just looking worse and worse and worse. But we don't need to talk about that. <sighs> All right. So, who knows what an oligarch is? Just raise your hand. If you know what an oligarch is. Right? So, the term oligarchy... Okay, the term oligarchy is basically, um, as defined, it's govern- government or governing by the few, 
as in the corporation is ruled by an oligarchy. Right? You've probably heard this a lot lately because of what's going on in Russia, and we've sanctioned their oligarchs. Um, so the other definition of oligarchy, similar, is a government in which a small group exercises control, especially for corrupt and selfish purposes. Okay? Um, very similar in definition is something called a plutocracy. Pluto crescent, right? And that is simply defined as government by the wealthy. So you have oligarchs, you have an oligarchy, you have a, a plutocracy, and they're basically the same thing, uh, except the, the uh, plutocracy is, is more wealth-based, uh, and the oligarchy is more power, uh, which always ends up having wealth. It's more, more corruption-based. Um, and what's important about those things is that we um, are demonizing those things in... I mean, basically, every time we talk about Russia since they invaded Crimea, was that 12 years ago, 20 years ago? I don't even know. Um, we've been demonizing these things, these oligarchs, in Russia because as we look at them, we see, like, okay, this one dude, this one particular oligarch whose name I'm not even going to bother to pronounce, he owns, like, 20% of Gazprov or Rus- Rusprov. I forget what it is. It's the Russian oil company. He owns, like, 20% of it. And he's worth like, you know, $300 billion or two. No, no, sorry. The company's worth like $300 billion. He's probably worth like $100 billion. And and the reason, and there's like one that like owns like all the aluminum. Uh, there's one that like, you know, owns all the banks and stuff like that. So these are the, these are the, ty- like, if you studied your history, at like around the industrial revolution, we would be calling them tycoons, right? Like titans of industry, like the Rockefellers, the Carnegies. They were, they were oligarchs. They were plutocrats. They were oligarchs because what they did is they just made relative billions off of their, their companies, which by itself is not that big of a deal and not that bad, um, but when you when it kind of comes to like making it off raping the natural resources of your country, it starts to get a little badder, right? And that's generally why we focus on the Russian oligarchs, especially like the aluminum, the oil, and stuff like that, right? Because the reality is, if somebody's making a hundred billion dollars off Russian oil, like it's not his oil. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's Russia's oil. Like it belongs to that country. That it technically belongs to the people. And I don't want to give like a big socialism, uh, like conversation here. But like that was actually what happened in Venezuela <clears throat> when they kicked out the oil companies. The oil companies were basically stealing the oil for pennies under the dollar that belonged to the Venezuelan pizza people. Who pizza? Pizza does sound good. What would Venezuelan pizza sound like? Taste like? Anyway point is they kicked those people out because it wasn't fair because it's, it belongs to everybody and that's something that i've kind of always believed like our oil in the united states like it's barely ours right it should be like the world's but like i'm not going to go that far but i don't see any reason like why we can just sort of decide and by we i mean other people decide like okay well bp can have this oil or exxon can have that oil and i understand that there's leasing and some of that money makes its way back into but like the reality is, like, Mobile Oil, Mobile Exxon, Exxon Mobile, sorry, Exxon Mobile is making money off a resource that belongs technically to all of us. Yes, they're the ones going to get it, and they should be paid for that, but, like, that's a job. You know what I mean? Like, you should be paid for that job. It's not your oil. And that's kind of one of the problems that I have with, like, these natural, ol- or natural resource uh, oligarchs and stuff like that. 
But the, the main thing of it is is that these oligarchs wield enormous power over society because they control things that are important to the society. That's a big deal. It's also why we're targeting them with sanctions because that's how you hurt the 20 most important and wealthy people in Russia. And what I don't understand, <clears throat> as I said in the beginning, I don't really care uh, about Elon Musk buying Twitter. I have been way more interested in everybody's reaction about things, uh, in, in, from mainly from the right, because the right just tends to be stupider. I'm sorry if you're right and you're listening, but, like, you, you do. Like, collectively, your side of the argument tends to be a lot dumber. And if we want to go back to the Venn diagrams, it's the more unintelligent people that are buying a lot of these arguments. Because what's funny is that so many on the right are like, yeah, Elon Musk, he's the champion of free speech and stuff like that. Like, people on the right hate Elon Musk because he does electric cars. And people on the right tend to think climate change a isn't even real b electric cars are like you know a waste and there's a certain point to even adam ruins everything did an episode about how electric cars really aren't all that environmentally sound but they are a little bit better than you know kind of gas guzzling cars and they have other things but like those batteries man we're just raping african countries trying to get all those components it's one of the reasons we're having such a problem right now we had to get all those things through china that gets them through africa blah 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 and that's why we didn't have a lot of computer chips and all that other stuff right so like tesla's like as cool as they are, are not the end-all be-all of of, of uh, the environmental movement, but the people on the right constantly slamming electric cars, constantly slamming it because climate change isn't actually a thing. But now all of a sudden they're like, he's going to save Twitter. I've got news for you. Elon Musk is just some dude, right? He's not a particularly gracious dude. He does some good stuff, as he should, as all humans should. Uh, like, I think when he retasked his satellites for his internet uh his internet satellites to the Ukraine to guarantee them access. I thought that was a really good thing. I, I really do. And I think that a lot of the other stuff he does is really, really bad. I had posted something about Tesla losing like $100 billion in value the other day just because he decided to, to, to buy Twitter. And the reason that was is because the people that basically work at and for Tesla were like, where the hell is he going to get all this money from? Because this is the kind of guy that actually will go on Twitter and, and ask his Twitter followers, all 80 million of them, hey man, should I sell 10% of this company? Do you have any idea what that does to people that own stock in that com in that company? That is a huge deal. And the simple fact that some, some dude can just up and make a stupid statement or a careless statement and affect other people's wealth should be a red flag for absolutely everybody. And the reason I bring up the whole oligarch thing is because People are championing this purchase or this buyout of Twitter as the, you know, this big, you know, we're going back to free speech. And as I said a couple weeks ago, like Elon Musk actually has a track record of silencing whistleblowers. He sued one Tesla whistleblower basically into silence because they couldn't afford the legal bills anymore. Like that's bananas. This dude also called, I think it was one of the, the rescuers. I remember this when it happened, but I'm fuzzy on the details. One of the rescue, remember, like I think it was like a Thailand, where they, were they kids? They were kids, right? They were like trapped in like a cave, and people from all over the world were going to save them. And he like slandered somebody on Twitter, saying that one of them was a pedophile. Like you, and he wasn't. Like that's. Yeah, yeah, if you want to make an absolute free speech argument, like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. But I can also say that Elon Musk is a pedophile just as easily. 
with no proof whatsoever. Is that the that's not the free speech that's protected in this country? It's also not the free speech that everybody wants, right? Even Trump, like for all of his bullshit, like he used to sue these, like the New York uh, Daily News and New York Post. Uh, he used to try and sue them all the time because they would say terrible things about his business practice. Ironically, we're finding out now that they were actually right about some of that stuff and that he was falsifying information about how much money he was actually worth and all that. So we're finding out that that's actually true, and maybe that's why those lawsuits didn't go ahead. That's neither here nor there. The reason I bring all this up is because we've got basically one person that is rich enough, the richest man on earth, all $243 billion of them, rich enough to buy what is considered to be the town hall of social media, the the town hall for all of us. Are you comfortable with that? Like, at least there was a board, and you could agree or disagree with what the board decided to do at Twitter, and a lot of people are like, they're very left-leaning, because that's why they were blocking uh, all these right people, and they weren't. They had stated stuff. I've been blocked by Facebook. I've never been blocked by Twitter. I've been blocked by Facebook. A couple times I understood why, a couple times I didn't, but at least there's a policy. The simple fact is, we have one person in charge of Twitter that could just be like, you know what, I don't want DJ to have access to Twitter anymore. I don't think he cares. I really don't. But if he does, Elon, if you're listening, that'd be a real dick thing to do. But that doesn't seem to bother anybody on the right. Like, one person. Like, people are all about, like, less government and less control. But, like, we're talking about the American oligarchs now. Bill Gates from Microsoft, for sure. Jeff Bezos from Amazon. The Waltons. The Walton family. Sam Walton's family that own Walmart. Like... It, and Elon Musk, that now owns Twitter and owns the main electric car company, owns the main other space company. Like, this doesn't worry anybody. This only worries me that just one person, because he has so much wealth because of so many tax loopholes, can just buy up the town hall. Like, if he wants to bring back free speech to the media, maybe he should buy Fox News. Like, Fox News or OAN. Like, man, those things are rampantly bad or by cnn like i don't cnn's got kind of a shit reputation lately but they're not nearly as bad as oan but you want to bring back like honest to god free discourse in this country by fox news by america's newsroom let's see what happens let's see how much the people on the right think that'll be a good idea not saying these things are good or bad but i'm actually saying these things are bad So, so I take that back. Like, it's absolutely bad. It's absolutely bad that we have one person with so much power and so much control. We have Mark Zuckerberg running Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. I mean, he's facing monopoly things in, in all of the rest of the world. And, and now we have Elon Musk that's going to own Twitter. So what do you think he's going to do? He's going to use Twitter to make Tesla and SpaceX more valuable? I would. I guarantee he will, too. Like, honestly, if Elon Musk wanted to do something good for humanity with Twitter, he would he would buy it, and then he would buy Facebook, and then he would delete them both, and we can go back to our world and just play Wordle like everybody else. But that's, that's just my two and a half cents. It's been a really long day. I'm also really far into the top 20, so I apologize for that. Here's some music. I'll see you on the other side. Hard Rock Lunch Box happened yet again in America. Another deadly school shooting. Three students killed, at least eight others injured, including a teacher. The suspected gunman is in custody. He's 15 years old. The 58th shooting on school grounds this year.
Okay. Yeah, man, I'm not looking to belabor this point, and I'm only <clears throat> even mentioning Elon Musk because he's the dude at the forefront of all this stuff that really just it just concerns me. Like it it raises it raises red flags for me, and it doesn't seem to be bothering anybody else. I mean, think about for a second. Think about how much people hate or distrust or whatever Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. Like just just let that let that sit with you for just a second. Like you know, and and as much as I've talked about Jeff Bezos, like I think Jeff Bezos is a decent enough dude. I don't like his business practices because he's effectively ripping me off. Now, Microsoft, in my opinion, is also, you know, ripping us off too because it's 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 been long stated by me like there there are, there are no billion dollar ideas right there just aren't like even if you just correct for inflation and stuff like that like there is no no place in this world for people to have so much wealth that it's not it's beyond generational do you know what i mean like and and i'm not looking to count people's money i'm just looking at what what gets people to a place like that, how much, how much resources that actually belong to all of us, and as communist as that sounds, and it does, like how how com- like how much of our resources have gone into some of those successes, and then as always, I've always complained about the tax laws. Like I think the tax laws are just bananas. There's there's no reason we should have in this country superstar accountants, right? And no offense to any of my accountant followers or listeners out there. Like, this isn't about you. Like, I want you to do your good job. What I don't want is that you to get a second plane because you have figured out a way to stash money in the Cayman Islands. Like, that's that's not fair. That's not everybody paying their own share. Like, and, and that was always my problem with Bezos and Elon Musk and all that. Like, I just, I had talked about the Elon Musk thing, um, just a few months ago because the way that Elon Musk has so much money is because it's couched in shares of Tesla and SpaceX and all that other stuff, which is technically nothing really wrong with it. But the fact that you get to be the richest person on earth, but you technically don't actually have that money because you are hiding it or not hiding it because you, you can't hide it because it's allowed by the tax law. Like that stuff's ridiculous to me. That, that has always been ridiculous to me. Like, and people are like, because I, people were saying that Elon Musk paid $11 billion in taxes last year. And it's the most anybody's ever paid in taxes. It's like, yeah, that's right. Because for about five years before that, he paid roughly 3% of his net worth in taxes. Now we just got through April uh, 18th, which is tax day. And I want to know who within the sound of my voice paid less than 3% in taxes. What? Nobody? Nobody? Yeah, that shit catches up on you. <laughs> and because of the way the tax laws work, when he does sell uh, stock in Tesla and stuff, he has to pay taxes on those capital gains. So he did, and that's how that works. But yeah, he sold $200 billion or whatever the hell he sold, and he had to pay taxes on it. That's that's how that works. And there, there's no big deal about it. When you're the richest man in the world, you should probably be uh, paying the most taxes on it. <laughs> I just it bothers me so much that so many people don't think that this is a problem. Like 
This is exactly these, these are the these these are the early days of the American oligarchs. This is exactly what happened after the Soviet Union fell, and all these powerful families and people got into power in Russia, and those are the ones we're sanctioning, and those are the ones whose yachts we're seizing. I mean, the dude that owned the the football uh, the soccer team in uh, in I want to say Chelsea, maybe he owned Chelsea in in the British Premier League. They basically just they forced him to sell it because of the Russian sanctions. But that dude, he owns like the third biggest yacht in the world. He owns a Boeing 747. Like, owns it. Like, it's his. A multi-million dollar airplane that, you know, like, I mean, dude, does anybody, is anybody bothered by any of this but me? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is such a problem. You know, and that whole pushback on, like, he could have solved world hunger. I've got news for you. You're never going to solve world hunger. You never are. Because you have to just fix so much political stuff, geographical stuff. Like, you know, even Jesus was like, you know, there's always going to be poor people. There are always going to be poor people. So it's not a fair thing to be like, he could have solved world hunger. Like, no, no, he couldn't. There is no amount of money. You would have, you know how you solve world hunger? Stop having people. Like, let's let's stop having so many people. Like that, that would go a long way to doing it. But throwing money at the problem, there's always going to be corruption. There's always going to be people living in bad places. There's always going to be people making bad choices. Hell, half of my listening audience is making a bad choice being here right now. <laughs> and that might be the funniest thing I've said ever. So I'm just going to dip out on, on a request. Believe that? A request on this show. The boss on some people. Hard rock lunch. Box. Uh, okay, I was going to make a dedication for that song, but now I'm not, because now your host is confused. And because of that, here's some Pathmaker.
All right. Now it's time for the show for me to do a correction. I've said for years one of the things I really, really have always liked about the Rachel Maddow show and even when she was on Air America is because when she does retractions and corrections, she doesn't couch it in some like blog or at the end of the show. She actually does a whole section on it. She'll do what what she said, she'll do where she got it wrong, and then she will do how she corrects things. As far as I'm concerned, anytime you're listening to anybody in the news industry, like that's what you should be looking for. Honestly, even if she got stuff wrong every day and corrected it the next day, it would still be better than the bullshit they do over at Fox and CNN and, and OAN, especially OAN. I mean, but Fox really is just atrocious for just lying and slander and not correcting anything. And even when they do, it's usually on some blog post uh, on the Fox News site. So, like, uh, I, I, I do remember famously, this this might have been like 20 years ago at this point, uh, Britt Hume, Hume, who used to be an anchor at, um, at, at Fox, was talking about about uh, uh, immigration and we're just using all these false statistics and the guest at the time was uh, Al Franken who would go on to become senator uh, Minnesota I believe and he was saying that they, that what Bert Hume was saying was like absolutely wrong and, and he had the facts to back it up and instead of saying he was he was wrong or apologizing or correcting anything all Brett Hume said was like well it was illustrative of something which is such bullshit like that like, if you're telling a lie like you're telling a lie like just own it so I implore you, if you're ever watching news from any station ever, and they do not offer retractions or corrections, that's not news. What that is is propaganda and slander, probably. And you don't need that in your life. So, to that end, I am taking all this time to correct something. Uh, uh, the Queers song, See You Later, Fuckface. I did not name the band, by the way. See You Later, Fuckface. I was mistakenly thinking that was a dedication to Detective Billy. It is not a dedication to Detective Billy. It's actually a dedication... Well, although it could be, apparently. It's really a dedication... Uh, a, a de- a dedication to Amber Heard, who is Johnny Depp's ex-wife, right? Like, And here's the thing. I am not following that case at all. I keep seeing that it exists. I tend not to be very interested in social things like that, like more entertainment things. The interesting point, and I was actually just having this conversation with Chris Waterbury, the interesting point is that it is a, a good example of how things can work between couples, and it's not always the 90% of the man being a dick to the woman. Like, it's not always that case. It has also never always been that case. And the fact of it is that one of the problems or unanticipated consequences of stuff like the Me Too movement is that people are very quick to swing that pendulum to the other way. And I have news for you. Women, as a, as a whole, are not always right. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm here to break that for you. That's right. You know what? Breaking news here in the Hard Rock Lunchbox. <laughs> uh, the Hard Rock Lunchbox reports that women are not always right. And that has been a Hard Rock Lunchbox moment. Anyway, um, so that was the dedication. So, Amber, see you later, fuckface. In other news, and much more exciting news to somebody like me, does anybody remember the band Lit from, like, a billion years ago? Um, They did... um, I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, My own worst... Is it My Own Worst Enemy? Is that the name of it? And um, 
completely miserable or miserable. I think that was the name of the song. I know the songs. I'm just trying to remember the name. Of them. But uh, they were really big. I guess I think that's the 90s, 2000s. I honestly I don't even remember. Probably the 2000s. Well, according to the Spotify's, they have put out a brand new song. And unlike most bands from that time period, they put out a brand new song. This one is actually really awesome and sounds just like them. I'm sure somebody's going to tell me it's a remake of an older song and that's fine too, but I heard it for the first time just the other day. So I grabbed it for you and as far as I'm concerned, it's brand new music and I can be wrong all the time because I'm a man in a post-Me Too movement and it's just fine. But it's, yeah, possibly brand new lit. It's awesome and it's called Kicked Off the Plane which, man, A+. plus, Like, 11 out of 10 stars. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man. Uh, I was just strolling through my songs. I'm sorry nobody liked the lit song, but me, I liked it. Sorry, but I don't have to play for you. I'll just, I'll just loop it into my own Spotify. I got plenty of driving to do later tonight, so that's cool. But I was just kind of scrolling through here, and I just stumbled upon some Shreddy Krueger, and I don't even know why I stopped playing them so much. But that shit ends now. Hard rock lunch box. All right, I'm gonna be real with you right now. I'm having some problems with my mouse. <laughs> I know that might not sound important, but I have a lot of trouble running this show without my mouse. So just know if anything goes wrong, it's that. <clears throat> All right. Even though I am uh, woefully uneducated on what's going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I do want to take a quick second to sort of point out, um, and honestly, I don't even remember where I was saying this. I might have just been answering this in a text or in the chat or somewhere else, but like... Uh, I feel like I've been saying for a very long time that there's been this pendulum swing since the Me Too movement uh, that have empowered women um, to come forward with, with things that have wronged them. Um, and that's really great. That's a really good thing, right? Like that empowerment, that sort of knowledge that now people will take you seriously. Like people did not believe all the stuff that was going on with Harvey Weinstein, right? Like I took one look at the dude and I believed almost all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I just... You know, I've just I've I've been I've been a man a very long time, and I've heard some really disgusting things about the way men treat and talk uh, about and to women. So, very little bit surprising. What what was always surprising to me is that women would tolerate that kind of thing. But I understand there's a lot of shame involved in it, and a lot of like people don't believe you. I've watched enough Law and Order to know that like you know those date rape. Uh, accusations are really, really hard on the victim. They, they really are. So, so the one good thing that's really come out of the Me Too movement is that people feel empowered to kind of come forward with, um, with you know, things that have gone wrong and things that they might not might not have come forward with earlier. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, that a hundred percent of women are not perfect, or whatever I said before. I'm really tired, by the way. Sorry about that. Um, the reality is that there's always going to be people that abuse that. There's always going to be people that manipulate and abuse and 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 really are just horrible, horrible people. Uh, and there are a lot of people out there, women and men, that are just so goddamn self-important. They think that just because they were, quote-unquote, wronged in their opinion, that somebody did something wrong. And that's not always the case. Uh, and even that's what's going on with some of the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff is that she, uh, by all accounts, uh, even, like, direct messages, uh, she's a horrible, horrible, horrible person. And she's hiding behind the fact that apparently women don't abuse men. And that's ridiculous. Women abuse men all the time. And there's lots of ways to do it, too. So... Um, but it just reminds me of 
kind of what really was a moment for me in the Me Too movement and, movement and, and definitely was, it helped me sort of cement my understanding of what was actually happening. You know, because like I said, that pendulum swing of just believing women like flat out, like, oh, you've been wrong for years, so you must be wrong now. Like, that's, that's not fair to anybody. And uh, the moment that really kind of cemented that for me was the stuff that went down with Aziz Ansari uh, like four or five years ago at this point. And basically what had happened, I actually tried to pull up some of the, some of the specifics, um, but uh, I, all I really got was this, and I'll just kind of just read this. Um, this is from 2000... January of 2018. Oh, that was updated in 2018. I don't even know when it's from. Might be 2017. So it says, uh, this is from Fox. Uh, again, a good news source. Uh, out of all the sexual, out of all the stories of sexual harassment, abuse, misconduct, and violence that have been brought to light in the past few months, perhaps none has proved as controversial as the allegations brought against comedian Aziz Ansari. On January 13th, the website Babe.net published a lengthy account from an anonymous 23-year-old woman referred to as Grace about a date night with Aziz around September of 2017 that she said went horribly wrong. She not only calls it quote by far the worst experience with a man I've ever had, unquote, but emphasizes that she has come to understand her experiences with Ansari as uh, has come to understand her experience with Ansari as sexual assault. <sighs> the Babe.net report is markedly different from any other any of the others that have come out since the New York Times broke the story of Harvey Weinstein's decades of alleged abuse in October. It is not about workplace harassment, nor does it interview multiple victims to portray a pattern of abuse. It is about a single woman who was excited to go out to dinner with a comedian she liked before quickly becoming uncomfortable with the tenor 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 of his aggressive advances once they went back to his apartment. So what's important about that is she ended up going on basically a really bad date and allowed it to kind of go forward Uh, as the story progressed it would come out that it wasn't even reaching the levels of date rape because he did not pressure her or threaten her or do any sort of coercion whatsoever she opted to do it because he was in seas he was a seas on sorry and that therein lies the difference and what was really good about it is that about a month after that a bunch of women came together and wrote an article i think in vogue basically slamming this woman because all that really happened to her was she had a bad date and she was mad about it and that happens all the time to women and men like things don't always go correctly and it's not always somebody else's fault sometimes things just don't go correctly and what i've seen certainly in the world lately is that people always want somebody to blame for something right you you make a mistake or something goes wrong or something doesn't go to your liking like you want to blame somebody else for it like i get that there's usually enough fault to go around but the simple fact of the matter is is like they set up this they we set up this situation where we just empowered everybody to just complain about everything and so they do and then people that aren't intelligent enough to understand what is actually happening and don't know how to label things properly are just making all kinds of crazy accusations and now we've we've we can go five years forward into this case and from what i've been what i've been informed about it so far is this woman this amber heard woman is basically doing horrendous stuff and hiding behind the fact that women never abuse men because it's always men that abuse women 
I don't know what everybody expects to happen when like we give some sort of power to any group kind of blindly. Like, yes, I totally agree that like what was going on with women and harassment needed to stop, needed to come to the forefront. But this is what happens when those pendulums uh, those pendulums swing the other way. And I'm not even saying that that is in it. You know, maybe I did say it was a bad thing. I don't even mean that it's a bad thing that it does that because truly everybody deserves a taste of their own medicine. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's how you learn those lessons. But like for the rest of us that are observing the rest of the world, like let's let's take a beat and really look at things for what they are and for the players involved and for what's being done and what's being said. Like there's a lot to be there's a lot to be gleaned from those things and we're smarter than the average people. Like we are. Like whether you think so or not, like you are. Like honestly, we wouldn't be having these discussions. We'd be talking about which crayon tastes the best and obviously that's red because red's the best tasting crayon in the world. I'm running out of steam, and I'm running out of voice, unfortunately. So if I misspoke on any of that, like I'll I'll be sure and correct it. Feel free to call me out on the chat nine nine W N R R in the conversation, and uh, we can kind of figure it out from there. Um, on a much more positive note, and this has absolutely nothing to do with the segue, I have been uh, deep diving a lot more of uh, the Jack White stuff because I was really so into the White Stripes, and I was so annoyed that I just had totally missed all the good stuff that the White Stripes had because I only heard what was popular. So what was right. Rising to, the, you know, rising to the level that you could just hear it when you walked into Walmart. Like, that is not always the best music that a band puts out, but it does get them noticed. And I just wasn't super impressed with a lot of that stuff. But once I started digging into the White Stripes, I found a lot of stuff that I really, really, really liked. And now I found even more stuff from Jack White. And as much as I don't like the fact that he still puts stops and pauses in his songs, which totally just tanks my ability to grab these songs for you for the box, if you go all the way back to, I think it's his first solo record, it's called Blunderbuss, and it was the first one, I believe, right after the White Stripes did the Great Northern thing or whatever it was that they did. Uh, you'll find very White Stripey kind of Jack White stuff, and I effing dig it. So I've got a new one for you. Uh, new to me. Definitely not new to you, but unless it is new to you. And if it's new to you, who am I to judge? That's what I'm saying. And if we could all just get along, we would listen to more Blunderbuss from Jack White, which I got right now in the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think I was talking like a week or two ago about how I was stumbling across some of the older bands that I've been in and some of the recordings that we've done with it. And I was like just hearing like so many of these influences like on me at the time. And it's funny because as a songwriter, I can still hear like where those influences exist in, in Rebel Nine songs today. But like back then it was just beyond obvious, right? Like this like remarkably funny beyond obvious. Uh, and one of those bands that really really played a large part in the way I would write for most of my days uh, for most of both Suffer Fool records was Tool I listened to Tool a lot I thought they were an incredibly interesting band and they were doing things that I thought were fantastic and I'd never heard before and I was just stumbling down a lot of those songs a lot of those older songs and this is somebody that has not even listened to that newish Tool record because it was panned so badly by everybody that I know but man I don't I don't remember the last time I even listened to this song, um, but that, yeah, that ends now. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right, one more song just because I feel like hearing it, and then we'll get back to normal, maybe. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I know what you're thinking. 
since when did the Craving Strange music come on after Nine Inch Nails? Well, today. Today, good people. I'm trying to find some time to just drop a couple of hints about what's going on on June 25th, but uh, I'll work on it. I'm trying to get my timing right. My brain is literally... Yeah, I don't know if anybody ever drove a stick and didn't have a second gear. That's kind of like what's happening to me right now. So I'm just... Trust me, trying to trying to get through the rest of this show. So I decided I'd pick a uh, craving song I have not heard in a while. Happens to be one of my favorite from the boys, and uh, that's just what we're gonna do next. And that's uh, that's what's up. On the box.
Lunch Box. All right, we're at the end of the Hard Rock Lunch Box again. I did promise a couple of hints about what was going on on June 25th in Revel 9 land and Revel 9 world, so I'm going to do that. I feel a little bit uneasy about it because I do feel so tired and just like not able to fully concentrate, but I'm going to do my best to give you uh, the devout listeners of the Hard Rock Lunch Box the inside scoop. Or at least a hint to the inside scoop. And I will ask that you just bear with me as I kind of try and write all this stuff up over the coming days to kind of give everybody a big picture of what it is. But here are a couple hints I can give you. Um, June 25th. 25th? Is that right? (laughs) Hang on. June 20th. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I just want to make sure. June 25th. uh, Basically, Rebel 9 is doing... Uh, we're, we're having a concert. That's not such a big deal. It's not all that unusual. Wearable 9 is playing a show. Big deal, right? We've all seen that. Um, what is special and unusual about it is as follows. It is going to be a private party, private event. Uh, we are going to be selling tickets to it. Um, I have not decided exactly... Well, we've not decided a decision. It's a price point. We haven't figured out what the price point of these tickets are going to be, but I do know that they are going to be limited. There's either going to be 45 or 50 of them, and that's it. It is going to be a little bit more expensive than your average show, but uh, as because we are not only doing a show, we're actually providing like food and drinks and stuff like that. So it's going to be like a big kind of celebration, a big party. And uh, we are going to open that... Uh, basically by invitation only at first. Uh, I don't know that it'll sell out invitation only, but it might. So once we uh, get all that ready, we will definitely hit up our closest fans and stuff like that. And that includes, obviously, everybody listening to me on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. So that's a bit of a hint. It's going to be in Levittown, so it's not going to be a large uh, amount of travel for anyone. It's also not going to be at a regular venue. So um, that will be cool. Uh, parking is going to be easy, <laughs> like all the things that are important to me. We do have a special guest already confirmed for the show, uh, so that will be that. Um, and what else can I say about it that won't give away too much, but might but might give away too much? So like I said, Rebel 9 is going to be performing. Uh, it's a one-night-only, once-in-a-lifetime sort of event, uh, meaning we will only ever do this once. I will tell you that the end of June, specifically June 21st, is a particular anniversary for Rebel 9. So if you want to deep dive some of that, that could probably give you a really big hint. And we are going to be recording it for a live record, and we are going to be filming it for some live video. And that's pretty much all I'm going to give you in terms of hints. And that is a lot. Although, I shall leave you with just one one more hint. And you guys can think about it until next week when we do this all again on the box. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next Thursday roughly around noon. And we'll do this all again. You guys are awesome. And uh, like I said, thanks for putting up with all my nonsense. Here's your last hint. Have a great week, everybody. We do have one more song. And I find that whether you like us or don't like us or have never even heard of us, for some reason you have heard of this song. I'm going to ask your help, so if you guys can kind of move in a little bit, you hear me all hoarse, I'm going to definitely need some help when we get to the end. No, it's not complicated.
This is for all you guys who wish they were in a warmer climate, say somewhere in California. This is San Jose. Just a bitch I've heard that I'll quit I think I've had enough of it here You're only in it for the taste The taste, the taste, the taste Well let me go to waste, to waste, to waste, to waste You only have a long for a little fun They are never thought that this could be one Oh, and you give it in Oh, when you're in a pit With being such a little bit You're in it for the taste The taste, the taste, the taste Well, you go to waste, to waste, to waste, to waste Well, we have a wonderful man of fun Never thought that this could be one Never thought that I could reach inside your mind 